Welcome to your favorite podcast at the intersection of faith and fear, where every week we discuss what scares us in order to find what saves us. This is the fear of God. Speaking to you right now is one of your hosts, Nathan Rouse, and typically with me is fellow co-host Reed Lackey. However, today he is in fact not. Uh, On a serious note, the Lackeys did have a death in the family. Y'all keep them in your hearts. Instead, today I am joined by two of your favorite foggers, Jess Fishley and Vera Gowdy. Welcome, ladies. Hey there. Good to see you both. Uh, Thank you for uh, jumping in uh, at short notice. Um, Jess, Vera, if you'll permit me to remind the listeners here at The Fear of God, we explore. We don't explain, except for right now when I explain that you can find all things foggy at the fear of God podcast.com. Um, y'all, we've got a few business items to check off real quick. One is it's quarterly king time. That's right. The next quarterly king conversation, our twice a year swim in the Stephen King pool is next week. We will be discussing his early 90s novel, Needful Things, as well as engaging the accompanying film. This is not a trick question. Vera, Jess, have y'all ever read or watched Needful Things? I have not. No, no, neither. The above. (laughs) Uh, I have heard of it. Do I get points for hearing of it? Sure. Yeah. You know, (laughs) I'm a I'm a generous host. You get points. Um, I'm almost done with the audio book. It is quite lengthy. Uh, on one and a quarter speed, but still uh, at normal speed, it's 17 hours. So good thing I'm in the car a lot. Um, so there's that. Uh, and then I'm looking forward to getting to the movie. So that is business point number one. Business point number two is join Patreon. In fact, today's episode features the film Lights Out. Lights Out was submitted by you, Jess Fishley, for coverage during 2022's Fogoween event. What is Fogoween? You might be asking. Well, Fogoween is the fear of God's annual Halloween party. It and other things like it, be it longer standard episodes or occasional special non-horror episode releases, are just some of the benefits you get from becoming a patron. At even our lowest tier, you get a myriad of benefits. What a word, myriad, such as being able to submit films for coverage. Thus, today's episode lights out. Uh, so what are you waiting for? Join the Fear of God Patreon today. And maybe next year, submit your own Foggle Wiener. Not even a chuckle from the crowd. Y'all are good. <laughs> like, you, are, you are doped up on coffee right now, Vera. Come on, help me out. Um, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> speaking of Patreon and being doped up on things, ladies, shall we hop into the patron mobile? Woo! Let's do it.
All right. So that was a surprising uh, patron segment installment of Whatcha. Uh, did not see the trails we would follow there. Uh, Jess, this film was your submission. Uh, we're, 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 we're talking about this movie now. So, uh, why don't you, for the two of us who aren't you on this, uh, uh, conversation right now, and for our listeners, why don't you read for us the summary description from Apple movies on the 2016 film lights out? Absolutely. Okay. Reminiscent of standout horror hits like the Babadook and mama lights out is a female driven ghost story with a powerful emotional core. Teresa Palmer is dynamite as Rebecca, a young woman who returns home after her little brother, Gabriel Bateman, is repeatedly terrorized by a murderous supernatural presence. Further complicating matters, it can only be seen in the dark and has deep ties to their mentally ill mother, the great Maria Bello, who protects it. Excellent. Thank you. Um, All right, Jess, I'm going to put you on the spot. So yeah originally this was your submission uh as mentioned was, before the yes. patron segment so i'm just curious don't feel like you have to dive deep into thematic sure. com- waters yet but just like i i know that you um don't lean in as some horror fans might to some of some of what's out there um i was present with you at talk to me and you had your security blanket no no, <laughs> no harm no foul there sure um so i'm curious you know, th- th- this this came out in 2016. I know you stumbled into our neck of the woods uh, a few years after that. Um, you know, what what was your experience of this film? How how did it get on your radar? Like, tell us a little bit about your experience there. Sure. So it's funny. I was trying to remember. It's either um, my son introduced it to me or I was looking for PG-13 horror movies. Mm. So that is something like, um, and honestly, I'm just going to own it. This is all about owning it. Like I had said, yeah. I wasn't cutting edge. We all know I'm a little bit horror light. Sure. So I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to grab the man. I like me some PG-13 horror. You know, I don't need to see everything. I like more of the suggestion of, sure. you know, and I think this is why I still love the original Halloween you know what mm. I mean? Like that yep. to me, I loved it when I was younger. I love jump scares. I like things that can't necessarily happen in the real world. And I just love. Um, I'm pretty sure Diana follows me up the basement stairs. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, listen, <laughs> I've heard scratching. So yeah. I just, the I, and I do, I am conflicted about this movie. I'm sure we're definitely going to get into that, but. Up until the final scene sure. of the movie, I love it. Like the opening, the like everything that they kind of set up. And it is interesting when you kind of read some commentary where people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Jump scare, jump scare. I, you could do the same thing with like, you know, the music and the hallway and the person appearing for like four hours and I would still be jumping and screaming. <laughs> it's just my personality. I enjoy it. And again, I think it's everything that I enjoy about horror and watching it with other people, like for the most part. And like, sure. I'd watch that with my son where you're with somebody else, you're grabbing your blanket. It's dark, preferably in your house. So I, I just thought, for me, it like ticked all of those boxes. And then I also did enjoy the story. 
not flawless by any means, but I, sure. I appreciate it. Cause, and I, I just recently saw the Babadook this okay. spooky yeah. season and nice. loved that. And yeah. I do see like, I, there is something about that, you know, the, the yep. mental component and the kids and figuring out what's going on. And I also like, I loved relic which, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Vera and I and Asia had talked about, like, I just, I enjoy these ones that have something of, you know, a mental illness, a physical illness, something that like you can grab onto something you can't see. And they're kind of giving it sure, sure. this, Life. this yeah. you know, shape where you can start to like grab onto it. I don't know. I just, I, I enjoy thinking about and talking about those types of movies later. Yeah, horror well, gonna, is like I'm, an exploration of, of real world, you know, yeah. illness and, and I, I get it. I, I support your point, but I'm going to challenge your point at, okay. at the notion that PG 13 somehow means not as scary because, you know, like there, if, if done well, PG 13 is, yeah. Totally. I mean, and I mean more the gory. Like Oh, that's fair. So yeah, yeah. Like, it's kind of more of my thing. Because yeah. it's like when I, for the most part, leave certain movies, I feel totally different. Where like, and I think, you know, everybody's different. Visuals stick with me. So I just sure. have to be mindful right. of what I get left with. Yeah. That yeah. just kind of leaves me feeling like I don't have to feel happy, but I don't sure. yeah, want yeah, to yeah. feel like <laughs> Like a new therapy. Kind of like, you know, deal with what I had just experienced. <laughs> yes. Well, because I looked up just now and and uh we covered it during speaking in tongues uh under the shadow, which uh a foreign language oh. film that is P to 13 is scary as hell. Uh so you know, uh I, I honestly think sometimes if a piece of material can be by mpaa standards pg-13 and still be that effective i'm like okay y'all y'all got your handle on something here uh vera what about you 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 i think you had mentioned seeing this before but but uh tell us about your experience of it yeah i watch i don't remember if i saw it in theaters or if i watched it at home but um rob and i definitely watched it before and i entirely i remember the trailers for it coming out and being like, Oh, that is something that actually scares me because I do believe that shadows follow me in the dark. (laughs) Um, I love it. And so uh, we watched it and then I completely forgot about it. And then um, you asked me to be on this episode. So I watched it at six o'clock in the morning with the lights on. (laughs) Totally on. (laughs) Daylight breaking. Um, And, and then I was like, Oh, I have seen this before. Um, I, echo your sentiment that I like the movie until the end. And then I have a problem with it. And I like, I think I like the movie on its face, but I don't like the movie as a metaphor. Mm-hmm. Um, well, hold that thought. So, uh, and those are, that's, it's a good one. Um, one thing I love about doing the fear of God is if I kind of know a movie exists out there, um, you know, and, and, and that it's, going to fall into the fog bucket at some point i kind of just don't really educate myself on it and so it's kind of fun to just when it when that time finally comes cue it up you know and and so uh in looking for 
something to cover this go around uh and and reconsulting the the fagoin submissions um and seeing this on and i was like wow well i haven't seen it if i saw a trailer for it circa its release i, I would not have recalled that um and in fact y'all get a kick out of this i think i thought uh and i was totally fine with what we did get i think i thought i was going into the movie don't breathe which i also haven't seen <laughs> you familiar with this one um yeah. but it was similar era maybe late you know 20 teens um you know this is definitely not that but i think that's what i thought i was getting and then i, I you know started getting into it I was like okay this is definitely not that movie but y- yes to the things that have been checked as problematic but as a pure just like jump scare movie it is very effective and we'll we'll get into the specifics but that first three minute initial jump scare which is a direct i didn't know until tonight direct uh repackaging of the short films scare i mean i so i don't know how y'all's layout of your homes are when i you know ideally i'm watching stuff on downstairs kind of a little better setup but this is actually a relatively brisk movie which was i was actually thankful for as well just because life uh and and when i'm watching stuff that like if the kids are watching on the main tv we do have a, a television in our room um, and so I'm watching in bed. I've got my AirPods on and my, my wife is in the bed. And those first, like in, in this particular instance, she was like reading something. She's not really paying attention. And y'all, I I donkey kicked in that opening <laughs> yeah. scare and and shouted an expletive. And what's hilarious about this moment and moments like it is I'm the only one who can hear what's happening. So I have to imagine how just like an idiot i look to anyone to just suddenly flop in the bed and and you know utter a curse word and it's just hilarious but that was very effective um <laughs> to the point it. that to the point that uh vera about when you watched the movie i mm-hmm. again didn't know what i was watching so i'm not really mindful <laughs> of like time of day and that kind of stuff okay it's time to watch the movie let's watch it so i've got a a, a bedside lamp Oh, no. <laughs> and Tracy, my wife, at a certain point, decides she's done with whatever she's doing, wants to roll over and go to bed. And she's like, hey, you know, like <laughs> turn on. will you turn off the lamp? I said, no, I won't. Actually, <laughs> not I will tonight. not. You've got to, yes, you've got to get, she's got a little night mask for moments like this. Like, you got to yeah. get your little mask because I'm not turning off that lamp. You know, <laughs> Diana ain't getting no me. Way. No, ma'am. Uh-uh. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I have. Um, I love it. In our house, we have. We used. We used to have a cat, um, and she passed away over the summer. But going to the basement, we have a, a cat door because her litter box used to be in the basement. So there's like a little cutout that goes to the basement. So like when I was growing up in my parents' home, to shut off the basement light, you had to pull the string at the bottom of the stairs, yes. right? And then go. And then there's stairs Blah. going up, and they didn't have risers on the stairs which are like the the back part of the stairs. So a hand could totally. Exactly. Right. So it's like, (laughs) turn the light off and like jet up the stairs and hope nothing grabs you while you're running up. Like that was my whole experience growing up. So in our house now, like our basement stairs have risers and the light is at the top of the stairs. So it's not that big of an issue, except that there's the cat door. And I'm always scared that something that when I'm like walking past anything. it in the middle of the night, I give it wide berth because <laughs> definitely something awesome. could slide through that cat door. Yeah. I, no. I know I've told this on the show before, but when I was maybe even first episode, uh, when I was a teenager uh, and what 
Diana conjured for me was this memory when I was a teenager. I, I was the kid, you know, just I don't know what's baked into my DNA that makes me the one who's traditionally the night owl. I'm up late. I, I would I would be up late reading books or watching a movie downstairs or, or whatever. And typically it's at least of a genre nature. Um, and, you know, so the house is asleep totally. and the bottom of the stairs in my parents home. Uh, like if you're looking at the staircase to the left is the dining room. Well, in other words, just around the, the corner from where you're standing is a wall, right? A bare wall that is the a, one of the four walls of the dining room. And I'm a decently smart fella. And I know <laughs> there's nothing behind that on the other side of that wall. Did I still look on the other side of that wall and then <laughs> vault up the stairs every time? Yes, I did. Every yeah, time every you time. peek behind the wall, make sure nothing's there. Then totally. vault up the stairs because like you never know. Diana might be hot on your heels. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. So and the scratching, like, I mean, scratching is just so creepy. Okay. So I don't want to ignore something that all of us have sort of at least acknowledged here. And I, I, I maybe, um, maybe out of order, but I think so that we can get to some of the good stuff. I do want to start with some of the bad stuff. And here's what's, what's a little disheartening about this movie is it's so, um, I'm not going to argue it belongs on the shelf with the greatest of all time by any means, but it is just a really strong, yeah. like it's the one you want to be able to say, Oh, watch that one. It's fun. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But then that ending is like, by the way, not fun anymore at all. Right. And oh. now you're thinking about heavy stuff and yeah. aren't you glad you watched this one? Nathan recommended right. it to you, you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> totally. So, yeah. but before I get, but before I get to that, I think for me, Jess, you invoked the Babadook a minute ago. Like, yeah. Unfortunately, for Lights Out, the Babadook ex- exists. <laughs> right, right. And, and which isn't to say Lights Out is, is again, not good, not fun. Uh, it, it definitely has its merits. And I think being fun is one of those merits for sure. But I don't remember where I was reading this, but I, you know, I consume a lot of sort of pop culture criticism, that kind of stuff. And, and just, this this ongoing conversation about the incessant need to make everything about trauma you know it's like just do do we really does it because here's the thing lights out as a pure uh fun scare piece works exceptionally yeah it's when you bake in all this sort of half-baked backstory that i still that i start to feel a little lost in the weeds which i can forgive if not for the end uh, you know, like I can, I'm, I can, sure. I can yada yada the backstory, except you made it no longer yada yada able with how it ends. Yeah. And we'll get to that in a second. But what I want to address specifically here or note specifically for me that I really struggled with, with was the mythology. Like, I feel like the movie here's, here's what I felt. And what, before I knew it was based on a short film, which FYI listener, if you're unfamiliar, uh, there it's from 2013, I believe, uh, a short film submission called lights out that, that one, you know, some horror short film um uh festival and before i knew that watching the feature i thought this feels like a concept in search of a plot like mm. they they knew the visual they could yes. they could make and so then they and then they cast it well i mean good cast actually uh yeah. I, I like more or less everybody a lot but but they didn't have a there yet and so created a to me a little bit of a half-baked mythology in terms of diana's story that 
maybe it was just me, but I just didn't ignore the very end. But even just explaining Diana, I, by the time they do it, I'm like, ah, yeah. I don't know that yeah. I needed it because now what you've given me kind of doesn't even yeah. work. You know? Yeah, I understand what you're saying and second it. Um, I don't like it feels like either Diana was a demon and then they added the metaphor aspect after or they wanted the metaphor and then felt like it was too heavy and then added the demon aspect afterwards. Like, I don't yeah. know why she's both. Um, and like, Is she when, both? maybe I missed that part. Cause I, I, yeah, because they, when, when she's going through the, the notes from the, the stepdad. Right. Um, and it's like, Oh, um, they believe that she can like get inside people's, people's heads head. and well, she yeah. like caused her father to commit suicide because she like, so they thought that she was a demon. And I was like, why is that a, like, is she real or is she a metaphor? <laughs> like, yeah. yes. she can be real and a metaphor, but why is she re like, I'm not yeah. articulating it well, but um, it, it just didn't make sense to me that they had to add this like demon lore onto it. Because I was like, just have her be, just have her be a monster. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. and this is, this is the perilous nature of, and, and why, what I mentioned a minute ago about why does everything have to be about trauma does not mean nothing can be about trauma. Right. It just means now when yeah. the genre has gone buck wild with trauma, it means you don't get it smartly or even sensitively done. And so yeah. what ends up happening is uh, to kind of your Vera, I, th I think uh, again, for better or worse, Babadook stands head and shoulders and top hat above that sub sub genre, the, the yes. trauma baked horror story. Um, and so everything else doesn't get set against it. It's simply like, if you're going to go metaphor, just really so nail it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, just you, you, if you're going to go metaphor and you're gonna go trauma, like, yeah, make it work. And, and, and if you can't quite get there, th this is what gets a little, um, you know, I, I am utterly empathetic to anyone who births something creative into the world. So far be it for me to say, you know, don't just don't do it. That's not the point. The point is simply like, I wish sometimes when creators got so far in the weeds that they can't quite see their way out anymore because because you get committed it's like well yeah yeah now we have it or we've shot x and we can't undo that and our our runtime's already an hour 15 so we can't slice out stuff and and i just kind of wish it was more monster of the week in yeah. actual spirit and not yes oh well, by the way i would have preferred for it to be a monster because the part that i liked the grabbing on and like the theme or metaphors i liked that the daughter was dealing with her own, like, am I like my mother? That's what yeah. I felt, Yeah, you know, and that whole thing. And then like her appearing to be like, not all, you know, struggling and then trying to explain to her boyfriend, you know, and just that she's kind of redoing this. And that would have worked fine with Diana just being a monster. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. That the daughter happened to see. As we've all discussed, it's a very relatable concept, being scared yes. of the dark, that something right. is there in the dark, right? Like, so just yeah. let it be being right. afraid of it's, the dark. Let it be a yeah, monster yeah, yeah. that's actually there in the dark. That's so yeah. much more scary. Well, and do you think, did any of you guys read that this was not the ending he planned? 
Yes. And that's why I think that. So I'm like, wondering, I'm like, what did this epilogue? Because he says he suffered from depression. Right. So this was not what he had envisioned. But this epilogue that where Diana came back and it proved that the mother's taking her life was useless didn't do well with audiences. So they got rid of it. So I'm like, and then they stuck us with an, en- an ending where it's I know. Like, well, yeah. is the solution to your problems. And, and then literally done. It's like, and, and yeah. scene movies over. Yeah. And you're like, that was the closer, which I have to say, I would have never brought up that movie in any other venue, but like with you guys, sure. because yeah, yeah. I, I do feel like as much as I enjoyed everything about that movie, I would really struggle to bring it up to somebody who is not a horror fan without like, sure, yeah, you know, just giving away the ending. Well, and, and this is where sadly, like these things don't exist in a vacuum. And while in 2016, it still feels like it should and, or might have been a pretty taboo way to end your movie. I think, we've come a long way in our societal trauma and what that has invited a lot of us to consider or engage in worst of circumstances. And thus what did, what, what seemed maybe like, well, I guess this is how we'll end it in, you know, a previous lifetime. It feels suddenly in the current world is like, yeah, yeah, this feels irresponsible, you know? Um, Well, before we kind of get, too far into that well and we haven't explicitly stated it and i suppose on a certain level we should apply a little bit of a trigger warning to this conversation um we've alluded a little bit slight ex- uh, slightly explicit on it but you know the, what the movie lays out is this shadow creature diana uh is a childhood friend of now adult maria bella who they for reasons were both in a uh, effectively asylum mental institution type of scenario I can't even explain. It's it's again. It's, it's an X file. It's an X file. It, like it is an X file. Diana is an X file. She got experimented on. She got yeah. weird powers. She disappeared suddenly. You know, thirty years but later, she she's... already had weird powers, and then she got more weird. Powers. Okay, sure, whatever. <laughs> Weirder powers. And then yeah. Maria Bello, as an adult, has suffered with this for years and years. Yeah. Uh, it's now kind of plaguing her own children, and and that's sort of the story. But how it resolves to to be real explicit, and to your point a minute ago, Vera, like you know how the actual narrative ends is Maria Bello kills herself and it's sort of done and delivered and shot in almost this kind of hero moment that right. when it happens, you're like, uh, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was, that was the, how we're going to, that just happened. This. Yeah. You know, you didn't have any other things in the writer's room that you could have tested and come up with. Um, oh, they so, yeah. did. And it apparently well, yeah. tested failed. Yeah. Well, they went with this instead. Because because in a world where, you know, IP is the coin of the realm, why not just keep Diana lurking and come back for sequels and lights out too? Lights out again. Yeah, right. Don't turn your lights on. Lights out 15. (laughs) Diana's back. Lights are still out. (laughs) Lights out 17. Dirty Diana featuring the Michael Jackson track on the soundtrack. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. So we've talked about some bad stuff uh, that that leaves us all a little unsure. Um, I before again, I'm actually holding off on that ain't right. Um, I mean, the design of this creature is fantastic. 
Oh my like, gosh. It is and, so and, good. Yeah. And not even just the design of it, but, and, and again, during that, it writes, we'll get into explicit scenes, but like how they shoot it. Yeah. Is yeah. fantastic. And and this is where the frustration with the movie comes from. It's like, man, this stuff is fantastic. That stuff. Oh, I wish you'd left that out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any other real, I'll also, I'll say for me, so yes, creature design and how they shoot Diana uh, actually on film, uh, but also just the cast, I think is, is more or less across the board, very strong uh, for me. Do y'all have any real specifics yeah. you want to highlight of things you appreciated about the movie? I mean, can I give you a specific, that's so right, that I just yeah, love. And it. it's, yeah. I love when it's, you know, towards the end, it's kind of like those final fight scenes before the police come when her boyfriend is trying to get away and, you know, brother and sister are locked in the basement and you, I thought the boyfriend was a goner cause I didn't feel sure. like he was particularly likable. So I pretty much was like, this guy's going to get it, you know? Yeah, sure. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so when he is like, I mean, did she pull him up? I forget with the garage door and he beeps on yeah. his car. Oh, that was great. And the the lights come on the headlights. I love that. Cause I was, I don't know that it's small, but I was like, that is brilliant. And it's one of those where you're like, that could actually work. Like that. He could and grab those keys and put those lights on. It's such a good fake out too, that you think that he left and abandoned them. Yes. And you're totally. like, what a piece of crap. But he's not a piece <laughs> of crap. Totally. And he's got the police. <laughs> yeah. He is a likable character. So I, I loved that was one of my favorite scenes. Vera, any highlights for you beyond what's been discussed? Nope. <laughs> um, I'll I'll highlight uh as we venture into darker territory, uh decent segue here. I mean, you know, I uh this is actually a a praise here. I don't imagine there is an extreme budget for this movie, but what they do on screen is so strong. And um, what I wanted to highlight here was the use of the deep blacks in the actual frame. Like, <laughs> I kid you not moments. Once, once the nature of the scares have revealed themselves, which happens quite quickly. Uh, and you're kind of in the thick of things. I, I will own it probably two thirds of the way through the movie. There's some moment. I don't remember the actual, you know, uh, literal thing that's transpiring. It's before the bedlam at the end. So it's in the, in the thick of probably in the apartment or something like that. There's a moment when, as what I've described here, the deep blacks, like, you know, a closet sequence where there's literally, you cannot see yeah. anything in there. I, it's, it's, it's that slow pan into one of those sort of moments. I did not, I wouldn't look at the screen. I was like, no, <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> Okay, I, you ain't getting me. Vision. This is fine. I, what? Yeah. I, got I, I got vision. Yeah. peripheral vision. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I I'll just kind of like watch how the corner. Yeah. Of my <laughs> I ain't donkey kicking. I love it. Movie. I love it. It is. I just. I mean, it really does tap into all those childhood, teenage, whatever, adulthood. When yeah. you're looking down the hall, and then they're all long, they're all dark. The closets. I just. I do. I do love that. Um, sorry, um, I said yeah. I didn't have anything to add, but I'm just going to piggyback on yours, Nathan. I've complained like during multiple episodes about the fact that I can't see anything in movies anymore because it's too black. Sure. But in this movie, like the deep blacks are black, but you can still see what's happening. This movie yeah. is well lit, even though it uses natural lighting. Yes. And I really appreciate 
that I couldn't actually see and enjoy this movie. Totally, because you do. You just get the slightest when you are thinking, like, did I see something? Like, it's such a... But like, I mean, the use of the use of candles, the use of low light, the use uh-huh. of black light, like it's the, all the tattoo, really well the tattoo neon light. Yeah. Oh yeah. my that was gosh, great. yes, that, that was, was great. Ugh. Well, and and you make a good point, Vera, which which you know, and, and I suppose you know, for a movie calling itself Lights Out, like you really got to do this right. If you do nothing else, do this part right, which is mm-hmm. is what's on screen legible uh, in the way it's lit, and and this movie definitely succeeds on that front, and. Yeah, even as a general fan of most, you know, kind of blockbuster style material, I think I think as we've even talked about on the show before, like some of these movies these days where by the end of it it's just bedlam and I'm like, I don't even know what's happening on screen. This is stupid. Yeah. Um Okay, listen, ladies, lest we forget, uh, you know, we're talking about other movies and Michael Jackson. We're a horror show. Okay. <laughs> so if it's gory, if it's gross. If it causes you a fright, it is time for the part of the show that we call I'm trying to make a scratchy noise on my desk here. Sure as hell ain't right. <laughs> so good. I want to scratch. <laughs> I love it. All right. Uh, Jess, I'm going to start with you. This is, this was your submission oh, here. What, man, what would you guys. sort of top the list? All here? right. There are just, like I said, I just feel like the number of like me watch. Okay. So watching this, I watched it today to get ready for this. This is the third time I've seen it. Granted, there's been like sure. years in between these viewings. I mean, I still jumped at every <laughs> w- any time that light went off and then she'd appear and then the light went, um, and you know, just like oh there she is just the fact that she would move around but i think my favorite has to be those opening scenes because mannequins are just so downright creepy oh yeah i mean that was my top one is is the text oh my gosh factory. and that's just like Absolutely i'm like you guys no. like a warehouse you're the only one in there like those mannequins and like I don't know what it is with like, and Nathan, you'll know what I mean. And this is probably in every city throughout the world. Like young kids trying to be artistic, having like mannequins on their porch. Like this is a thing that I see here and there in Charlotte. Like, you know, we're so alternative. Like we've got a mannequin. And I'm just like, how could you have that creepy thing near your home? Like, around the clock anyway but that opening scene and just her in that hallway and then him trying to get away and it is it's just jarring the lights off and then she's there like i just i love it and you're not really getting a good glimpse of her but you're seeing nails you're definitely seeing a shape that looks human (laughs) but definitely jarring like i I mean, I think that's what I do. Like you had said, the movie's 90 minutes. Like, I feel like they don't mess around. Like that first five minutes, you're sucked in. You're like, oh my gosh, what is going on? Twilight, Dad. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, (laughs) to that point, I think that, you know, uh, for anyone who might have read some behind the scenes here, but like it, it, 
the Diana creature slash character is a person. It's a practical, it is not a CG effect. That's okay. a person yeah. in costume. And so I think what's so uh, arguably special about Lights Out is, again, it's a fantastic conceit. They they execute it perfectly uh, when they do it uh, at, with minimal to no VFX. Yeah. Um, yeah. Vera, what about you? My number one was just mannequins, um, but <laughs> but my <laughs> one, two, and um, three mannequins, mannequins, mannequins. <laughs> uh, no, thank you. Um, but my um, backup is um, you mentioned the um, tattoo light, the red light mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. Um, Rebecca's bedroom when she sees Diana like in the doorway, like carving something into yes. her floor. And then she goes up afterwards and she's actually carved her name into the floor. And so you realize that like, she's not a ghost. She's a physical creature. Right. And like, that's really disconcerting. But like the way she's crouched in the red light and then she turns and her eyes are glowing. Like it's that. Which by the way, again, practical effect. They use like reflector tape on her eyes. And that is what created the the visual. No way. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think. I will okay. I'll name check one that's a uh, sort of overlap, but the the mannequins at the end uh, yes. in the basement. Oh my gosh! Yes, <laughs> which ironically, if you read on IMDb, was not uh, part of set decoration. Was in it fact was just in the house, <laughs> just in the house that they were shooting in. So they used it, but but it's not <gasps> just that it's those <laughs> yeah. mannequins Why? and this slow slow pan across the heads oh, of these mannequins. But like, the last one is Diana. Yeah. yeah, the last one being Diana was very effective. But I- I'm just going to go back because it's the one that had the most immediate impact on me, although several others did elicit a physiological response as well, uh, is, again, that opening. Like, the when I don't know what I'm watching, right? I don't know what I'm getting into. Yep. And then you have something so effective in those first minutes. I was like, oh, yeah. uh, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's delivered so well um, because... Yeah, so so assist or the assistant or whatever her role is, she flicks on the lights or off the lights. No, no, I've got it backwards. No, that's right. No, you're she right. Flicks she's off turning, the lights. She's and, like they're and, closing and, up. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And and again, having never seen it, even as viewer, you're like, what did I? What was? Huh? You know. And then it's like, what's impressive about that one is the persistent aspect of it. Like yes. they they do kind of hold it an absurd amount of time until they finally pay it off with with diana rushing her which fyi um that actor not diana but the the woman in that scene is who Esther. is the lead in the short film so yeah. they did, okay you know let her over uh tattoo stuff has been mentioned i'll at least throw out that uh the shot of the camera panning away from Maria Bello's bedroom uh, doorframe as she says, good night, Martin, and the hand reaching around the door jam and the head coming out like that was oh, that was yes. very that was very effective. Yes. Or when he when um uh, the mother is trying to convince Martin to like let Diana live with them or something and yes. she's like on the back of the couch yes and she, like, yes. Like, yes and when he's begging like please like let's not turn the lights out she's like come on and you're like no the kid just wants to keep the lights on like which kind of reminds me of like bedtime as your child's like please keep the lights on you're like oh no you'll be fine <laughs> you know? with, like full lights on <laughs> so our um 
uh, just due to the layout of our home, our middle and youngest share a room. And none of my kids have seen any scream movies, but because I've been watching them okay. and sort of the imagery of Ghostface has been kind of in the air, oh, sure. they're at least familiar. And my middle kid has like been kind of begging to watch it. And I, time hasn't really worked out. There was one night when I finally considered relenting and then she was doing something else. I was like, fine, we're going to wait on that. And, <laughs> but she came home one day with a sweatshirt that was like, uh, it, 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 you know, presumably a Halloween product, but it, it had ghost face on us. It's real like flowers and roses and stuff. And it's like, no, you call me or something like that. It's, it's, <laughs> you know, lampooning satirical, but it was hanging in their room. Uh, and the other oh. night I'm putting the youngest to bed and she's like the, the, the youngest child. She's like, will you, will you move that? Like, yes, yes, baby. You're I like, absolutely. Yeah. You will yes, take this yes. totally yeah. into another room. So then I put it on. And stood <laughs> over her bed. <laughs> Listen, in and then went and got got the ghost face mask and read her story that way. Yeah. Yes, yes, exposure therapy, absolutely. Um, okay, did you squirm? Did you wince? I did. Did you look away from the screen because Diana come and get you? It's probably because <laughs> of what we around here call that ain't right. That sure as hell ain't right. Okay. Um, I want to open the floor to y'all if there is, you know, places you want to go. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to ignore that ending, but I, I don't want to assume anything. And so, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna open the floor a little bit, um, to anyone who'd like to kick open the closet door for some thematic conversation. Ah, I mean, I think I kind of you know, said a good bit, like it is interesting. Like you had said, Nathan, watching this in different years and feeling like, cause honestly, I forgot the ending. Cause I think all I remember is the beginning Sure, is yeah. because, and all the things I like and all the jump scares that I honestly was like, Oh, that's how it ends. And then I kind of felt like, crap, I can't believe I kind of put that out there. Like I maybe should have said, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, well, again, okay, this is, this is a crowd that understands we can discuss all things, but I do still like, like I said, that there is this interesting dynamic, mainly with Becca and just her wrestling to figure out and this idea of abandonment and like, you know, Martin accusing Becca of leaving her mom, like he wants to leave there in the beginning. And just that whole idea of how you are in relationship, people in your family, how you're friends with people who are struggling and just that idea of you care for them well. And still care for yourself, you know, and I think, you know, a mother child relationship, especially, you know, um, just kind of how at the beginning, Becca just wanted to take care of Martin and that conversation with the social worker when the social workers like, listen, you're basically saying your mom is unfit. And like, you know, you're also going to have to be an adult now. And like all this, like, do you really grasp like what you're saying and what you're doing to your mother. So I do, I really liked that dynamic going on. Like just 
thinking about it, like just hard stuff of life, of parent-child relationships. And, you know, what do you do when someone who you know is struggling with reality, you know, and just, um, I don't know. I have no answers. Again, this is why I love the show. We just, we we talk about it, but it's, you know, I mean, I think of situations of friends of mine and um, not me personally, but people who've had to step away from their parents. Like I can't be in this relationship. Um, And, you know, for the health of myself, for the health of my kids and just seeing Becca struggle with that, you know, and just what it meant for her relationship with her boyfriend. You know, you can see she is like, (laughs) he couldn't even leave a sock behind. You know, she is just like really keeping a tight grip on her heart and her life and just, you know, really keeping things close. Hmm. So that I, again, I, 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 there are so many things about this movie I did like, and I really did like all of those kind of things going on because i personally didn't find them to be too heavy sure um which <laughs> which is what's just uh understand the use of this word funny about the end it's like you literally drove into the right. literal heaviest choice that a human might make uh and i i would argue didn't earn that to your Absolutely. point just which is it wasn't heavy enough <laughs> to get there um but nonetheless yeah. i don't want to overly burden us necessarily there but yeah, I, yeah. I, I think it takes a lot, it takes a lot of, uh, uh, maturity is maybe the word wisdom, sensitivity, compassion, mindfulness to start to recognize the tendrils that go out from you and come into you from the relational dynamics that have formed your life. I mean, I, I, I think about that sometimes right now as a parent of like, I think I do well. What are the blind spots I've got that exist for me that 30 years from now, my kids are like, my dad made fun of everything. You know, uh, I'm being jokey there, but point being just like those things we don't even realize in the the midst of thinking where, you know, doing it well enough. um, You know, how are we going to scar our children? Yeah. Basically. No, but I love though the the one icing on the cake is I did love how the daughter came around for her mother. Because you know yeah. at the end yeah. when they're and she's getting her brother out with the boyfriend and she's like, No, I'm not leaving mom behind. Like I loved that. Like her resolution, you know, with her mother and just coming like where she really did want to be there for her mom. I mean, granted, she's now like, there is this other thing going on for real. Like mom's not just talking to herself, but I love that. And that reminded me a lot of Relic. And I also enjoyed that where it was kind of like the full circle of like the daughter coming back around after having left her mother and coming back around and being like, I will be here with you till the end. Sure. Yeah. I, I think that like, going old school, take the film, splice the end off. Let's ignore that and look at the rest of it. Um, That as a metaphor for depression or even just mental illness in general, I think that there's a lot of really lovely touches. For example, um, that the concept that your mental illness touches 
or affects those around you, right? Like it affects Martin because he can't sleep. He's worried about his mom. It affects him in school. Um, it affects Rebecca in that, you know, her father went missing and it pushed her away. And now she guards her heart and protects herself. And she's gone no contact with her family to the extent that her boyfriend didn't even know she had a half brother, right? Obviously it affects the mom in that she's consumed by it. Um, and Nathan, you mentioned like the hand coming through the door and pulling her back. Like it's literally, mm-hmm. she's in its grip and she can't let go. And there's that really touching moment when, you know, the mom is saying to Rebecca, like, I'm fine, I'm fine. And she grabs yeah. both of her hands and she hands her the note that says, I need help, mm-hmm. right? She finally reaches that point where she is understands that it's dragging her, literally dragging her. Like you see her yeah. nightgown yeah. being pulled back into the room. But like, Right. It's it she realizes that she cannot do this alone. She can't fight Diana alone. She can't fight her depression alone. She needs help. And she's reached out to her family in order to do that. Like there's some really beautiful touching pieces in there about mental illness and how to deal with it and how to approach it and how to ask for help. Like, and those are things that I really love about the movie. Yeah. But if I'm gonna recommend a movie, and I do recommend, I recommend the relic or the Babadook as more effective metaphors and more fulsome pictures of what it is to deal with those things that don't fumble the ball at the end as Mm -hmm. hard as this movie does. You just use the the word fulsome. Yeah. Good word. (laughs) (laughs) I want you to do a spelling bee. Just an, just a a side. I'm down. I still regret, uh, from sixth grade, I believe, going out in my county spe- spelling bee on the word statistician that haunts me to this day. It is wow. Diana for me, statistician. <laughs> I am, wow. I'm impressed. Like, you got the statistician. Good for you, buddy. I did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good for you. Um, I'm still like privileged. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I do it with my, I'm like F U L S O M E. I do it in um, sign language. That's how sure. I don't remember how words are spelled. I need to physically see it on my hand to know. You know, you watch a movie like this, and, and if we do regraft it into its whole self, um, you know, what I, I, again, with even empathy towards the creative team to put this together and what you may, accidentally have squandered with that ending of just we we talk a lot on the show about um what the the movie is saying or what we've derived from it unfortunately this movie accidentally says a whole lot that is incredibly misguided and unhealthy by the end that in some ways you know completely undercuts any positivity that its previous hour puts out there um and and so i i do want to i don't like enjoy wandering into this you know the nature of of the ending but but it just taking it on its on its whole like at this at this point in time uh uh as a uh, now mid-40s human uh in the era and epoch we live in you almost feel just lucky you haven't been touched by this particular incident for given it's it's near epidemic qualities here i you know i'll I'll share the story that just tonight it was so disheartening uh we 
I'm going to try to weave some thoughts together here. One is the nature of what has been pointed to in the film of Becca's um, full self and and embracing uh, all of those experiences so that she can live a more present life. And, you know, I, I, I think a lot about the kind of requirement of our selves to be slow to speak slow to 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 think first to process first some of this comes from watching teenage children of my own and their usage of technology in ways that their brains just aren't equipped for and and just the 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 unintentional drama they create for themselves yeah. by just not shutting up and just living in their feelings for you know having that inner life before it becomes an outer life taking that time and so i i watch a lot of what kind of happens societally with with you know on the one hand you try to live joyfully on the other hand you you have a, a heavy heart near constantly for the state of things and and y'all this why this comes up at all uh is because of that line i try to walk of sensitivity but also um occasional chastisement i'm i'm speaking the object of what i'm speaking of is the church uh to to get explicit here uh i i have a number of of lgbtq friends out in the world and and there's one in particular that my heart really breaks for because his kind of routine drumbeat in his social media presence is to post uh, a lot of kind of police reports of pastors and and ministers uh mugshots who have been uh arrested for deviant sexual behavior typically with minors and that kind of stuff and on the one hand you want to be like i wish you wouldn't do this uh on the other hand i want to say i, I totally understand why you're doing this you know uh we are societally now turning a corner towards demonization of this community once more and this is a person crying out saying oh I, I am just a person trying to live in the world look at you know the people who are doing this and so <clears throat> that feels like a random insertion here but what i'm getting to is circling back around to this sad final beat of the movie so because i do pay attention to in particular the, what this person is po posting somehow uh i stumbled on uh a town where i'm near where i'm my hometown this gentleman who was the mayor of this tiny town who uh was also a pastor who yeah. got discovered with a whole instagram account where he was dressing like a woman which you know what <laughs> as a theater dude as a guy in the world who's totally completely secure in his uh manhood manliness whatever the hell you want to call it like dude live be be you be you and i happen y'all to just casually because it's so adjacent to where he hail from originally i happen to just bring it up at dinner not knowing that he killed himself oh, oh no i did not i heard about that but i did not know yeah, that piece i didn't either until wow. dinner when i get chastised i'm like oh my god i had no idea i did not know this is how the story went yeah. i mean admittedly chastising myself here it kind of wrote it wrote itself if we're honest right. Yeah. But but the point I'm trying to get to is why it's so problematic how this movie ends is it's a movie about living whole with yourself. Right, right. Or, I'm sorry. It's a movie on its face that wants to purport to be about living whole with oneself. 
and yet chooses the worst possible thing for its characters to do and suddenly becomes an unmovie, right? It, it's it's yeah. kind of no longer operating as a thing that it it, it changes shape. It, it, it Diana's itself, and I don't actually mean that, um, yeah. you know, kind of jokingly. And, you know, I just think uh, a lot as I parent, as I just live trying to be a person of conscience and of wholeness of like, you know, I, I, I joked on our patron segment of, of this thought that came to me just today of why do we want so badly to be robots? And, and I mean, it's clear because we, we don't know how to live with ourselves, with our pain, with, you know, uh, we aren't taught well, that, that is, I feel like that's, uh, you know, at risk of just veering off into, uh, you know, random realms here. But like, I feel like that's something I've really had to grieve a lot as an adult in these last years mm-hmm. of like the lack of moral leadership in our yeah. society and culture. Um, yeah. I made this reference on, I don't remember where it was, but it was either on the fear of God or I, I guessed it on our foggy friend, Jackson Harper talking about spider verse. And I'm um, um, making a slight assumption. Both of you might've seen that movie, but I watched the first Spider-Verse movie. And if you recall, uh, Kingpin uh, kills that world's Peter Parker. And for a movie as beautiful as that one is, one of its most devastating parts to me is the moment when you see society realize, read, and the tone is one of mourning for the shared loss of a moral figure. And the grief wasn't enjoined with them. It was, we don't have that anymore. Mm. Right? Like, we don't have a shared, this sounds indicting, I I mean it less than that it will sound, a shared morality. We don't have a shared sense of teachability uh, that would help us to live well, live whole. Anyway. I feel like I'm I'm rambling. I understand what you're saying. Like the, the figures out in the world continue to disappoint us. (laughs) Like there's just no, that is, that is largely true, but actually what I'm scratching at isn't so much people disappointing. It's we can't even agree on what leadership is or means anymore. Right. We can't like, like, um, you know, now to be fair, who popped into my mind a second ago that I checked myself on was MLK, but I mean, you, you killed him. Right. So like, mm. it's not like that was a shared moral figure in his day. We've decided it's more, uh, yeah, because now. you know, it's a federal holiday and he said a lot of good things that somehow we, at least, uh, those of us who know less give lip service to, yeah, I'm okay. Those of us who hopefully know a little more, it's like, well, yes, he is, but <laughs> You still killed him, <laughs> you know, and that's kind of what I mean. You you aren't wrong at all, uh, uh, Vera, and and that is something I've wrestled with a lot of just the uh, nature of having heroes, you know, uh, uh, who who walk among us these days because they are going to just obliterate your esteem of them <laughs> if you're not careful. Um, but anyway, anyway, I don't know if any of this well, is resonating yeah. or people will always let you down. <laughs> sure. Um. And, and I think that when we enter into 
parasocial relationships or actual relationships is something that we need to be cognizant of is, is that hero worship aspect, right? Because they are not perfect and they are going to eventually do something that doesn't live up to our internal moral standard um, or, you know, whatever moral standard you hold yourself to. But like, even if you follow a biblical standard, it's still internally what you adhere to and people will always disappoint in that regard. But um, two things. Number one, on your robot comment, why do people want to be robots? Um, I listened to a and a short story on LeVar Burton Reads. Um, mm-hmm. It's basically yeah. like reading Rainbow, but yep. current, right? Um, um, I think it might be the most recent episode or last week's episode. It's called Sin Eater. Mm-hmm. Um, but the concept is that all of humanity has uploaded themselves, their consciousness into like a singularity. Um, and this robot who performs the task of sin eater, which historically in the Catholic church is somebody who consumed, it consumed a meal with families, but then it turned into would consume their sin um, before their last rites. And uh, so this robot performs that this task of sin eater when he visits the Pope in the Sistine Chapel, who's the last remaining human, and he's on his deathbed, and he's about to upload his consciousness to the singularity. Um, and so basically, it in the internal monologue of the robot and uploading the Pope's consciousness talks about why humanity has done this, and it's just it. Just piggybacking on what you said, yeah. it reminded me that I had listened to that today. Um, and it, there's some interesting commentary in there about um, religion, morality, and and the the author, I think, is an atheist. But I think that there's still some value in sure. um, his thoughts about that. Um, the second thing is that the original ending of the movie, the one that they scrapped, um, where uh, the mother still, you know, she still kills herself, but Diana is still attached she's still i don't know if she attaches herself to rebecca or if she's just still around like i don't know exactly how that played out i think as a metaphor um works a lot better than or i mean it's still a depressing ending however it doesn't send the wrong message right right the movie as it is now and i want to be very clear sends the wrong message right in that if you whether or not you feel like and and i think that many people in the situation where they do feel like i need to leave this place because it'll be better for everyone right um and the mother is trying to be heroic in the situation it you are not better off you are not better off if you're not here and i think that the original ending would have uh, metaphorically made that a lot more clear in that diana the mental illness, the depression, whatever, the entity is still around, right? So the act did not solve the problem. And so you still need to, you should still be here. Listener, you should still be here. Yeah. This is where, you know, 45 minutes ago when I say the movie is not quite smart enough to know what it has done and thus what it could have done better. I'm sorry. You know, that, that sounds hypercritical. I just mean like, Everyone had good intentions. Typically, they do. It, it, in most ways, this movie is a success. <laughs> in the ways that it isn't, it, yeah. you know, to follow the metaphor, it, it straps a, an anchor to itself and tosses itself in the ocean. You know, um, 
and I think that's just kind of sad. Jess, are you, what are you th- feeling or thinking? I mean, I think you guys have captured all the, I mean, <laughs> there's not much, like, I mean, honestly, on a lighter note, not to like, oh, sure. but like, how would you end it? Like, I wanted more of question. just a classic, like, let's incinerate Diana in light. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. figuring out and doing something more along those lines. Um, again, like, <clears throat> well, I, know, I mean, I think, I think I, it's fun to imagine what you could do. I think it's a great question. And I, and I think at, at risk of doing the, the creator's work uh, more directly than they did, like, because I, I was wondering about that, because even to your point, Vera, about the alternate ending, better message though it might be i still think it's it's still small potatoes for what they chose um to do even in that scenario like you still have this character literally take their own life that which again honestly i'm i'm not saying you could never do i'm saying the preceding hour didn't earn it and so that's the problem not you could never have a story that chose this like in the in the mist in the movie ending right like that gut punch ending yeah like it's effective it's tragic yes. and it's effective because it's a very smartly written movie and yeah. and and produced but to your question jess i think it's a fun one and 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 welcome the return to the light uh to to dispel diana here like i think you kind of make it a race against the clock of like can we you know because because the movie is all about that ratcheting tension of diana's presence yeah. and and oppression and continued uh she, she they don't clearly make it so she's more powerful quote unquote but but as the movie gets more claustrophobic towards the night in the house make it a race against the clock for the morning and yeah. and have though this is a little cheap and diminishes the strength of what they show of the mother's mental health i still think it's a better choice than what they do yeah. have have a corner get turned for the family dynamic and they become a unit working against Diana trying to survive the night. And uh, because what they do telegraph to you is she has physical form. And what is a little, y'all might check me on this. It's been a minute. It was last weekend when I watched it. But what's a little unclear is, is she immaterial in the light? Or is she just invisible in the light? Because I think Mm. it's, painting the picture she's just invisible in the light and and not not that's true i guess it's like i was taken because of the burns and what they did to her right but see that's that's your answer is the internal logic of the movie doesn't actually know right Right. and And that's that's true because i don't think it's spilled out because it's like why is she burned right well i was allowing for the potential that it might have and i missed it but yes i think that's true as well that it doesn't clearly make that point which again leads me to to answer your question, Jess. I think you survive the night. You make it about that. Like now right. that the family is aligned in their intent and motivation, uh, and and the mom has come around to her senses, you 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 make it uh, that 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 ticking clock thing and get her into the sun at the at, at daybreak and and exterminate her that way. Like it is, and and it it becomes this sort of. Uh, melancholic sort of thing like it's equal parts tragedy and victory uh but it's a much better kind of like yeah. way Which, did to you do- not feel like that was what it was leading up to i don't remember if i was okay. thinking that heavily about I where i thought it would go yeah just 
yeah, again, I, it, it, it's a strange turn. Well, it's and, not and again, just, as a metaphor, just, bringing her into the light, into right. the sun. Right, the yeah. Light, right? Well, it's just, yeah, everything, yeah. I don't know. We're probably like eating a horse, but that, no, you, the daughter you, and her getting this, like, you know, and her, I'm not going to leave you. I just, it's, it felt like it was going in one direction and it just doesn't make sense, which I just want to hear more from the director, which I'm sorry, I forget his name, but like, I just feel like he has some explain more explaining to do. I could not find a satisfying article where he explained why. No, he just, he mean. honestly just blamed it on the test audience and was like, yeah. And then we changed the ending. <laughs> okay. Which again, so like, feels like it affirms my point, which is it's a concept in search of a plot. And then they, mm -hmm. they, okay. they kind of stumbled into plot and then get, got away from them. But, but that I two also, minute short is gold. It is. It is. It's very strong. Oh but I also think because of how they X files the backstory, there's an easy way to seed a little bit more. Like if you're gonna, yeah. if you're gonna telegraph to me the mythology of the Diana creature, you could place in there some seed of like we think this is, her it, this is the solution. Yeah. And yeah. Like, you know. There you go. Okay. I mean, it's yeah. it's, like, it's a pretty would, on the nose overall. I would rework the entire. Like I would just have Diana be some sort of shadow entity, right? Like I would rework yeah. that, not have her be a real human person who had like synesth or photo, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Photosynthesis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't have her be a plant person. Let's start there. <laughs> or do. Just make a choice. There you <laughs> go. And then she ends up in Children of the Corn and she's the corn monster. Wow. Um, <laughs> well, shucks. You done rude. did that. Um, no, I would like, I would not have like her find the file and be like, oh, Diana was also a patient in this mental hospital with my yeah. mom. She was a real person. No, right. but maybe find pictures of her mother as a child and Diana, the shadow person is in the pictures, right? But she's yeah. not real as in right. human but she's a real monster, right? Like yeah. do it that way. It doesn't have to be this weird backstory <laughs> where she um, spontaneously discombusts uh, under <laughs> she light or something. <laughs> she discombusts. Yes. Yes. Discombusts. That's great. Yeah. I like that. I made that word up. <laughs> Copyright. Huh. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, let's do this then. It feels like we're staring at it. Um, we're going to uh, go to our trademark metric it is um it has made it through the patent process uh and is now legally ours um and we're going to go to the fog meter uh wherein we uh rate every film on its scares and its substance its fear and its god factor each of us are going to give a zero to ten rating for each category and then vera will do us the honors of putting it all into one single metric uh just this is yours do both the fear and the okay. god for it lights out 2016 all right um for fear i am going to give it a nine because of nice. everything i mentioned for just officially this is like so anyone else who can think of a movie that has this kind of level of like jump scares without the gore send it my way this is yes, like have you watched under the thing. shadow no and so i'm writing it down right now i mean under the shadow. okay vera did you end up seeing that one 
No, I don't think I did. Or maybe I did and forgot. It's forgot. It's, <laughs> it's got similar energy, Jess, but okay. it's got an I international flavor to it. And it's a little more consistently narrowed. You know, the narrative is a bit more is better. I love um, it. And no, I mean, I was, uh, I would have to go dig it up, read when he re-listens to this for the edit, can probably post it. <clears throat> I sent him okay. a video of my response that was, that was, I was my teeth chattering under the covers. Kind oh of gosh. Like I love it. I really do like that. The term like deliciously scared. Okay. That just put mm. that out there. Mm-hmm. So that, so I'm give it a nine now for the God, like there's a lot to talk about, but just for everything we mentioned about just the, the buildup of what they're trying to do and then really sorely missing it. I'm going to give it a five for mm. that reason. It's just, it's a weird movie. It's a weird movie to rate. And... <laughs> sure. Uh, what about you, Vera? Or complicated, I guess. <laughs> yeah, complicated is a good word for it. I'm going to give it exactly the same as Jess. So for Fear 9, because I find it highly relatable in terms of things that actually scare me. Um, and the jump scares are really well done. And also a 5, because I think that they tried to do something and there's some great stuff there, but they drop the ball so hard. So I can only give them half marks. Uh, yes. Uh, you know what? Just for just because I like uh, good old fashioned solidarity, I'll go with a nine. I mean, like, again, I don't think it's a dreadful movie. To me, it hits the notes I kind of want. Um, like if I'm not watching seven and it's real, like heavy, like heavy, like cerebral but also just wretchedly haunting type of stuff this is what i'm after in that lane is like i just want to jump i just want to have some good frights to it Uh, i don't want to think too hard about it oh shit you made me think way too hard by the end (laughs) um so uh i'll i'll join y'all in your nine um i am going to just to be different throw a four in the mix for the god i just think it here's what's weird about this movie is I don't even know it swings that hard and yet still misses wildly. Like the movie is, does not seem again, want to give credit where it's due, but does not seem conscious of just how hard it swings. And then just how wildly it misses in that swing. It's, it's a bit crazy uh, from that standpoint. And I just think any, any, uh, any any juice we squeezed out of it is is us just recognizing what it thinks it's playing with, but right. I don't know that it really does. Uh, which brings us to what, Vera? Um, seven point eight, but I think we'll round that up to eight. <laughs> okay, an eight on the fog meter. That's solid. Yeah, That's solid for all really lights is. out. Um, maybe a, a more challenging question is 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 recommendation factor, Jess, as as the one who put us yeah. all to the test here. What do you well, think? You know, it is something where I would definitely tell somebody uh, without giving away the ending. I would say that there is suicide involved in this movie. I just feel like I can't responsibly ever recommend this movie without giving that warning. And, you know, as the parent who watched it with a 14 year old, which, again, I don't remember I think we were probably both like, oh, man. But, like, even with the PG-13 rating, like, definitely with a, a mature person that could handle right. it, you know. And just knowing um, exactly who you're – I would not willy-nilly. Like, I wouldn't be, 
you know, just like you said, for everything leading up to the end, you want to be like, this is what makes a horror movie fun, you know? It's and almost it, like when you when you recommend it, you want to say, you know, find the runtime right when she, right. Maria Bello bursts and just out trust me. and then just turn it off and yeah. then say, now go write your own ending. It, I promise it'll <laughs> it be, be fun. It'll be a fun game. English project, wouldn't it? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, I would say it only to a specific person in a specific setting with a, you know, with a warning. That's a kind caution, of yeah. mine. What about you, Vera? Um, similar. If I'm going to recommend something but that's metaphorical, it's going to be a more effective movie like The Babadook or The Relic. Um, but if somebody just wants a jump scare movie, um, then, like, yeah, watch it for just the face value and don't look any deeper. And yes with also a content warning about suicide yeah i wonder i I don't purport to imagine that in the last seven years last yeah seven years the mpaa has suddenly gotten the morality of how they rate things correct but i do wonder if it would Mm -hmm. get a pg-13 today because of that i'm curious too um, you know, the, the, the MPAA is pretty fickle in, in what it gives to what, but it, it just makes me wonder, you know, given the state of that conceit in our culture and society, you know, if that would be the same, um, for me personally, I, I, I wish it, like it's, it's, it's such a wholehearted recommend until it absolutely isn't. Um, and you know, uh, more or less echoing much of what y'all have said, it's, it's a, Oh, it's so good for these reasons, but be careful because of this reason, you know, like you just can't. Yeah. Uh, I think you just said it just responsibly fully endorse it. Um, uh, which is a shame, uh, because I, I do think so much of its strengths are impressively strong. Um, well, yeah, that has been lights out. Uh, I imagine the last fog of wiener for 2023, um, I cannot believe we are this close to the end of the calendar year. Um, but it is true, friends and foggers. Uh, Vera, Jess, thank you once more so much for all you contributed to the fear of God, especially on short notice. Um, again, our well wishes and hearts are with the Lackey family right now as they deal with what they deal with. Um, and next week, we're going to Castle Rock, y'all. Um, for Stephen King's Needful Things. If you have not started the book Needful Things yet, odds are very <laughs> low. You'll late. get very far <laughs> in it between now and next Tuesday. Uh, at minimum, try to watch the movie so you can be at least caught up on the narrative of it. I have not watched the movie yet, uh, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, so next week, Quarterly King, Needful Things. Everyone, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. Thank God. Uh, so in that spirit, We encourage you to fear nothing else and be on your way rejoicing. We will see you next week. Thank you, Vera and Jess. Bye-bye. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And you can continue the conversation in a variety of ways. Start by visiting thefearofgodpodcast.com for links to our social media, essays, and episode archive merchandise and more. If you love what we do, please consider becoming a patron by visiting patreon.com slash thefearofgodpodcast. 
There, you'll unlock exclusive bonus episodes, extended standard episodes, online event access, and so much more. We want to issue a special thanks to Jacob Hunt of TracerMatula.com for our artwork, also to our assortment of talented musicians, including Andrew Nelson, The Island Family, and Jackson Harper for our varied show tunes, and also to Lee Wright, who helped me, Reed Lackey, write our theme music. Special thanks also to Tyler Smith at MoreThanOneLesson.com. Lastly, be sure to subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice, and if you listen to us through Apple Podcasts, we would greatly appreciate a rating and a review. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Hi, everybody.